Where would we be without the Lord? It, it's a, uh, not a rhetorical question. I know uh, we'd be in a mess. It would be bad. And uh, thank God we came out of that situation and into his blessing and his goodness. No intention at all to go back to what we came out of. None at all. And thank God for the blessings of the Lord to minister in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I trust you had a good Valentine's Day. I like the good feelings of that day. Uh, in our classroom parties, you know, we had a party on Halloween and had a Christmas party and, uh, and then a Valentine's Day party. And that's the one I like the most because uh, the good feeling that was in the classroom because we made it a rule. If you're going to give one card, you're going to give everybody a card. And, uh, and just the feelings of friendship and, uh, you know, the getting along and everything uh, just was so good. I, I really enjoyed that. I'd almost go back teaching school just to have a Valentine's Day party. No, not really, not really. <laughs> but I found some comments that uh, children wrote about love. And um, I'll just read a few of them here. <clears throat> Chrissy, who is six years old, wrote, love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. That's love. Lauren, who is four years old, said, I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all of her old clothes, and then she has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> she thinks she's getting the better deal. <laughs> Amen. And Tommy, age six, uh, wrote, Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. <laughs> Elaine, age five, love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Uh, okay. And uh, Jenny, four years old, amazing insights here. There are two kinds of love. Our love, God's love, but God makes both kinds of them. Uh, very good. And Max, age five, God would have said magic words to make the nails fall off the cross, but he didn't. That's love. <laughs> Pretty good insights about love, isn't there? Man, I'm reading a book uh, about uh, Harry Truman um, becoming president at the death of President Roosevelt um, in the middle of the war in Europe and the war in the Pacific, and uh, a great deal of responsibility falling upon him. And he did exceedingly well, and I think largely because there were a lot of people praying for him, praying for America. And uh, the war came to an end, and uh, the, the uh, personnel came home, equipment came back home, and uh, things started to descend into chaos because the economy 
uh, had been strong on a war footing, but in peacetime, people were getting laid off. And uh, the returning soldiers uh, and so on had, uh, had no work. So things started to nosedive a bit. And uh, strikes and uh, feelings of uh, ill will uh, around the country because of the inflation and economy and so on. And President Truman said, you know, uh, if things would go so much better if we would just follow this one rule. You know which rule he was going to mention? The golden rule. People mocked him. People thought he was naive and um, had pretty negative things to say uh, about him. So uh, I guess he realized, okay, the golden rule is not going to work with a lot of people and their strikes are going on. There was a railroad strike going on. There was a coal worker strike going on. He recognized um, has a chance to cripple our nation. What war didn't do, these strikes probably can do. So he decided if the golden rule is not going to work, I'm going to draft every one of those strikers into the army. They settled the strikes uh, pretty quickly. Well, actually, they were already well on their way to <coughs> resolving the issues. But when he uh, issued the threat, uh, I'm going to draft all of those strikers, then they realized, okay, I guess he's serious about <clears throat> making sure things work even if the golden rule isn't followed. I want to um, go to a verse that we've meant, looked at many, many times. You've looked at it, no doubt, many, many times. You've made it a prayer of your heart. And Galatians 5.22 um, is is where I want to go, and it has to do with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Melissa. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. I'm sorry. I just took for granted that you knew treat others the way you want to be treated. Okay? That's... You know, and it's... Uh, it, it makes for very good uh, interpersonal relationships. And um, all of the aspects that would be affected would be impacted by that golden rule, uh, I, I think, is the reason that uh, the Bible puts it forth, the Lord puts it forth, and what we follow. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And, um, and we thank God for that. Now... Galatians 5.22, being the fruit of the Spirit, notice what is listed first, as though that is what's going to make everything else work the way it's supposed to. Love. Amen. And thank God for the aspect of love. You, you follow the list, and there's nine of them. Um, you have to go to verse 23 to um, get the, the final two. And uh, then the words, against such, there is no law. It's not against the law to have the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, it's going to be a positive thing, a wonderful thing. Against such, there is no law. And so we recognize, okay, 
um, in, in order for the fruit of the Spirit to be manifest, we need to have more of the Spirit of God. And the way we get more of the Spirit of God is to yield ourselves, surrender ourselves to the Lord. We do that in prayer. Uh, we, we do that in seeking him. We do that in our minds, uh, being upon him. What Amelia said, you let him hold your hand. You let him guide you. Let him support you. Let him strengthen you. Let him protect you. Just make your life about serving God. And the fruit of the Spirit comes, of course, when you receive the Spirit, there begins that operation of what God wants to put in your life. And uh, in order for something to be added, it's good for you to subtract. There are people who have the misconception that they can add the blessings of God, but they don't have to change anything in their lives. No, it works better when you add the Spirit of God to your life and you subtract sin, you subtract what offends God, you subtract what uh, displeases Him, and actually uh, what put Him on the cross. The, the little boy mentioned the, uh, that the Lord could have spoken magic words and the nails would have fall, fallen out of the cross. Uh, but He didn't because that's love. It was payment for our sins that put him there. And so we, we understand then, I, uh, my love relationship uh, with the Lord is a very serious thing. It's not, a, not something that I can understand for a bit on a Sunday morning and then the rest of the week doesn't affect what I think, how I act, what I say. Oh no, if you're really gonna follow what God says in his word, uh, there's going to be a lot of changes. And all of those changes are positive. They're all good. Amen. And thank the Lord that we have those aspects. Now, uh, the devil is going to make sure that you are uh, plagued with the opposite of what um, the Lord is trying to put in your life as fruit of the Spirit. Instead of love, he'll promote being unloving. Instead of, instead of joy, there'll be depression, uh, defeat, discouragement. Instead of peace, there'll be pressure and being uptight and being anxious and nervous. Instead of being patient, uh, there's frustration, there's irritation. Instead of kindness, uh, there's every man for himself. And you just have to do the best you can. You're on your own. Instead of goodness, there'll be nothing good that is put forth about ourselves. Instead of being faithful, we neglect our commitments, and we fall through on our promises. Not follow through, we fall through. Instead of gentleness, there's anger, there's resentment, uh, there's bitter words. And instead of self-control, uh, temperance, our lives are falling apart. That's the enemy's job, to put those things in effect in your life. But thank God, the fruit of the Spirit is how we are able to uh, bring forth those results. Amen. And it's easy to procrastinate. You know how to deal with, deal with procrastination? Put it off. Well, that's not right. We know we've know got to pay attention. We know we've got to make an effort. We know 
we've got to uh, make sure we're following through on what God's word declares. Uh, here we are in the second, the middle of the second month of the year, and uh, I won't ask how you're doing on your New Year's resolutions, because knowing human nature, uh, they may have fallen by the wayside already. But that's okay. At least you had an attempt. At least you have stated a goal. And even though you didn't make it, um, you know, it shows that you recognize uh, something that needs to be corrected. And that's half the problem. Half the problem is recognizing there is a problem. And then taking steps to deal with it. Amen. And thank God that we are able to cultivate a spiritual life. Philippians 2 and 12 um, the apostle is writing, and you've got to remember, Philippians is written from jail. Not a resort, not a comfortable setting, not a, uh, a situation where everything's convenient. No. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that doesn't mean design your own salvation. That doesn't mean come up with your own plan. That means apply what the Word of God says to your life. You're the only one that can do it. Nobody can do it for you. These ladies that took the step of baptism, um, nobody could get baptized for them. They had to step into the water themselves. Amen. And, uh, and same with receiving the Spirit, same with having an attitude of repentance to ask the Lord, forgive me, I messed up, I made a mistake, and, uh, if, and if you fall, uh, his hand will lift you up, praise God, and you keep going, you keep going. That's the effort that is there in working out your own salvation, praise God. And the cultivation uh, that's there of the Word of God in your life, you know, because it's like a seed, um, uh, the Matthew 13, without going into the parable of the sower um, too much, we know the seeds had to be cultivated, and they all sprang forth, and only one, uh, in, in terms of the ground, in terms of your heart, only one lasted. And so that's what we've got to be able to do. There's got to be changes, changes. And our, uh, an anthropologist was uh, doing research in... Uh, the land of cannibals, and uh, uh, here he was by the campfire, and uh, one of the former cannibals, thank God, was reading the Bible. And the anthropologist kind of smirked and said, what are you reading? He knew it was the Bible. He just wanted to give the opportunity for the man to respond, and then he was going to be sarcastic and critical and so on. And so the former cannibal said, I'm reading the Bible. And the anthropologist kind of snorted and chuckled, you know, and he said, don't you know that's old-fashioned? Don't you know that's outdated? Moreover, it's a bunch of lies. Cannibal just looked at him and said, if it wasn't for this Bible, you would be in that boiling pot. Because <laughs> there were changes, changes that came to that man. And his former lifestyle was not what he was going to do. 
and uh, that researcher, that anthropologist, benefited from it. So the Word of God is so important in the, the cultivation. Romans 10, 17 lets us know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so that faith quotient rises and we receive more faith, faith to obey, faith to believe, faith to walk with God, faith to call upon his name, faith in everything. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, the Bible tells us. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Is that Hebrews 11:6? I believe it is. So, okay, I, that's what I'm going to follow through on. That's what I'm going to try to do. So I exercise that faith by getting more into the Word of God and by memorizing the Word of God. You know why jingles, um, commercial jingles are, are uh, so important? Um, little uh, advertising things, they, they always have a little saying or they have a little uh, verse put to music because that stays in your head. I bet you if I were to uh, do some jingles from a long time ago, those of us who are a little bit older would remember right off what, what product I'm, I'm talking about. And, and so, and that's why we have, uh, we have song books and there's three, four, even six verses, but we'll have choruses on the screen. And uh, those choruses will help you because you'll remember them and uh, the devil is going to come with his temptation and try to slam you but you'll remember the word of God you'll remember those worship choruses and your mind then is going to be occupied with the things that God gives you rather than what the devil is trying to slam you with and it works praise God it works and I thank the Lord for the problems uh, that come our way because they prompt us to move into the realm of spiritual growth and be uplifted in the Lord. We won't take the time. Well, let's go ahead and put them up, uh, Brother Levi. We won't look at each one of them individually. The end of Romans 8, uh, beginning at verse 35, the, the, the challenge uh, that the apostle says, nothing is going to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And then he goes through a list. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it's an incredible list because of all of the disasters and problems and difficulties that might come your way. In verse 36, it goes on. He lists a little bit more. And um, 30, 37, um, he talks about being a, uh, a conqueror. Verse 39, he goes into even more uh, of the things of... of uh, what can happen to you, even, even supernatural things. Um, not going to defeat you, not going to pull you away from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That love is tenacious. That love is strong. Praise God. You may have been disappointed uh, with a, a, a love situation, maybe uh, involving uh, 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 someone that you knew in school or uh, or in town, or maybe even a relative may have been disappointing. But God's love, praise God, the power of the Lord 
that is there that we can rely upon and let the blessings of God come to us because we've got to train our minds. Amen. Someone said, you're not what you think you are, but what you think, that's what you are. So, we've got to be able to think on the things that are going to be uh, uh, righteous and right before the Lord. In fact, Philippians 4 and 8, maybe put the NLT of that one up, Brother Levi, Philippians 4 and 8. This is an impressive list. It, uh, it helps us to understand that there are patterns of thought that we've got to pursue. We uh, discipline our minds, train our minds, uh, that we're not going to think about filthy things. <laughs> we're not going to think about things that are going to detract from us and, and bring problems to us. No, we're going to think about these things. What's true, what's honorable, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely, admirable. Think on those things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise. That's a good list. And they're all positive. In fact, I encourage uh, young people or anybody who is unmarried, if you're thinking about getting married, find somebody that fits those categories. Find somebody who is all of those things. There will be no problem thinking about them, <laughs> keeping them in your mind because um, they're, they're pleasing to the Lord as well. And I thank the Lord that we're able to move into that realm of God's blessing and God's goodness. Now, John 15 and 5, this is the, uh, John 15 deals with a whole lot of aspects of fruit and abiding with the Lord, staying with the Lord because that's how you're going to be able to achieve these things. In fact, he comes right out in verse 5, John 15 and 5, and lets us know, without me, you can do nothing. Now, he's not putting us down. He's not slamming us or, or uh, making us feel inferior. He's simply trying to help us to understand, this is how you're going to be able to make it. You stay close to me. You abide in me. You, you hear my words. You, you uh, walk in my words. And, uh, and that's how the fruit is going to come forth. Praise God. So we emphasize that aspect of fruit bearing uh, by the power of the Lord. And I really like 1 John 4 and 4 because this deals with the aspect of how we're going to be able to achieve what God desires to bring into our lives. And 1 John 4 and 4 lets us know, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When you've received God into your life, his, his word into your mind and heart, you receive his spirit into your spirit, and you speak in a language you don't understand, that's a supernatural sign that God is pleased with you. He's forgiven your sins. He's come to dwell within you. Praise God. And that power together with the name of Jesus Christ. It is amazing. And it helps you and raises you up uh, to the level that God wants you to move into. Now, circumstances come. We know situations of, of life are, are, are there. And uh, they'll either make you bitter or they'll make you better. And uh, we have the choice. 
And we've got to be able to choose uh, based on the word of the Lord, based on our faith in the things of God. And we walk with the Lord in obedience to him so that we're going to be where we need to be. Amen. Now, here we are in Alaska. Uh, our vegetables are not necessarily the freshest. Have you heard of gassed tomatoes? What's a gassed tomato? They, uh, they, they pick them while they're green, and uh, they're not ripe, and they put them in, uh, in the market uh, in that way, and they're sprayed with carbon dioxide. Now, carbon dioxide's deadly. You don't want to play around with that. But they spray those tomatoes just before going to market with carbon dioxide. And lo and behold, they turn red. Even though they're not ripe, <laughs> they turn red. That's a gas tomato. So, I guess it looks good, slices good, munches good, but it's, uh, it's not really what it's supposed to be because um, they appear ripe in the produce aisle, but they're, they're really not. They've just turned red. So, when we are reaching for maturity, there's no shortcuts. When we are trying to be mature in the Lord, it takes the Word of God, it takes prayer, it takes being faithful, it takes having His Word uh, operate in our lives, all of those aspects that are there that God wants to implement in us. And thank God we're able to move into them. How does it operate? Because we love him. And because you love, you're going to, eventually you're going to gravitate to whatever it is that you love. And we want to love the Lord so that we're constantly moving towards him and be blessed by him. Now, love is more than a feeling. Uh, love is, uh, you know, some people feel it's, uh, I'm, I'm uh, out of control, I'm, I'm just, I just can't help it, and so on. And uh, there, was a, there was a song that we heard some time ago. In fact, somebody we were counseling um, said that word. If, how's it go? And uh, we were trying to help the lady understand you're stepping into trouble. You're stepping into a situation that's not going to help you. And her answer was, if loving him is wrong, I don't want to be right. I think my wife crossed her eyes at me at that time. Um, and unfortunately, um, she didn't keep serving God. She went, she went the wrong way. Well, our love for the Lord is going to bring us to the place of commitment and surrender and um, uh, being directed by him, uh, being obedient to his word, and, um, and, and let the Lord minister to us. Because love being listed first in the fruit of the Spirit is definitely... A, uh, a recognition of how important it is to follow through on that uh, idea of love.
First uh, John three and eighteen lets us know that love is more than than words. I mean, it's nice to hear good words. I I enjoyed uh, when I was pastoring in Huna and uh, talking on the phone to a sweet girl in Oregon and checking the mail every day uh, for something, a card, a, a note letter something from her I enjoyed those words but it's more than words we know that and the scripture tells us here not to love just in 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 word but to love in deed to love in truth and uh, let there be actions to your love your conduct is going to be very important and um, it, it, when someone's rude when someone's obnoxious when someone's disrespectful, all of those things, uh, it puts up barriers uh, for love. But when there's warmth, when there's consideration, when there's affection, then, uh, praise God, the love just flows. And thank the Lord for that. Jesus loved the Pharisees. I, I know he loved the Pharisees. But was he warm and affectionate with them all the time? No. We talked about tough love in our share groups, didn't we? And I think the Lord practiced that tough love. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. And uh, uh, one chapter, he, he said, woe, over and over and over again. Trying to get their attention. You're emphasizing the wrong things. You're putting uh, you know, strength in the areas that uh, really you need to switch to something else. And uh, he was trying in his love to uh, emphasize that aspect of reaching out and uh, receiving. Ephesians 4, 17 and 19. I'm trying to hurry through uh, this. This is a long lesson. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19. This talks about knowing the love of God. Its height, its depth, its width, its breadth. And, um, you know, and, and. And then he goes on and says, it's beyond knowing, but you should reach for it anyway. And, um, and the height, the depth, the width, and so on, the breadth, uh, that's so that you are immersed in that love. It's above you, it's below you, it's all around you, it's on uh, every side of you. You're in the middle of his love. It's like being in a swimming pool, and you've dived down. And water is all around you. His love needs to be all around you. Praise God. So that you know it. You experience it. And, and you're aware of it. And you operate in that love. Because that's how uh, he wants us to understand how great it is. It, and, uh, and we know Paul said it's beyond comprehension. It's beyond knowledge. But you can experience that love um, in, in even greater measures. Be filled with the fullness of God. Wow. That's, that's quite an opportunity. That's a recognition of how great God is and how wonderful he is. Amen. And so we, um, you can't give total love with a divided heart. A heart divided by bitterness and resentment is not going to be able to move uh, into the realm of having love. 
Uh, you let go of the past so that you can get on with the present and look forward to what God uh, has for us. You know, if Joseph, uh, you know, Joseph mistreated, mistreated by his brothers, mistreated by the Potiphar's in Egypt, mistreated by the butler um, that he prophesied was going to be delivered and restored back to Pharaoh's palace. Uh, they all mistreated him. And when he was delivered from prison and brought into a place of power, oh my, he could have really bought, brought revenge on them. He could have really done some paybacks, but he didn't. He forgave them. He forgave his brothers. He forgave the butler. He forgave Mr. and Mrs. Potiphar. And, uh, and look how the Lord elevated him. Uh, the Lord brought him into being uh, second place of, of the most powerful man in Egypt. Pretty incredible. If he had not forgiven, if he had uh, summoned the Potiphar's over and said, you remember how you lied about me? You remember how you threw me in prison? You know, if he'd have done that, it would have been satisfying to perhaps his own desires, his own carnal nature. And if he had bopped the butler on the head and said, you let me stay in prison for two more years. I'm going to pay you back. He didn't do that. And uh, so Colossians 3.13 gives us an understanding of, of, um, of Joseph and how he was able to operate in forgiveness. As Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That's the, that's the interpretation of love. And uh, thank God that there is that aspect of love that we're able to operate in and constantly being aware of it because his love for us is what motivates me to be able to express that love to others. Amen. Now, the Lord, the Lord gave some really tough directions here in Luke chapter 6. Acts of love that um, can be really challenging. And really, uh, when we remember what he said, without me you can do nothing, we understand. Ooh, boy. That definitely fits that category. So he said, love your enemies. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Wow. That, uh, that's, that's beyond our uh, human capabilities. That's why the fruit of the Spirit needs to be in place. The recognition of forgiveness that came on the cross. That's when he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Thank God that's what we receive as we uh, recognize his love for us on the cross. And so, love your enemies, do good to them, bless them, pray for them. Hmm, pretty tough. <laughs> Reminds me of a lady who was in with her pastor and, and counseling because uh, uh, she was so frustrated with her husband and the, the way she was being treated. 
And uh, she spent several minutes describing the poor situation at home, and uh, the pastor sat there and listened. And, and finally he interrupted and said, have you tried putting hot coals on him? You know, referring to the verse of scripture that says to do good, because it would be like a conviction that falls on them. So he used that reference. I think it's both in Romans and in Proverbs. Uh, he put hot coals on and so on. So he asked, have you tried putting hot coals on? And she quickly answered, no, but I've tried hot coffee. <laughs> you can imagine that reaction, pouring hot coffee on him. Ah, not good. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. <laughs> That's the, that's the way it should work. So, um, let's see here. First Corinthians thirteen, the the verse about love, or chapter rather about love. Um, let's see here, brother Levi, if you'd go to verse four in the NLT. We'll, we'll look at some of the different words that are included. Now, we're talking about love. Love being patient and kind. Love not jealous or boastful or proud, verse 5. Or rude, it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. Ooh, that's totally opposite of what our nature is, isn't it? Does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Verse 7, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And then the beginning of verse 8, uh, love never fails. Love will last forever. And um, thank God that that's the description of love. Now, here's what's unique about that description of love in 1 Corinthians 13. Is you'll see the fruit of the Spirit either being mentioned directly or being implied. There's the aspect of patience. There's kindness. There's gentleness. There's goodness. There's faith. Those are the things that are listed in the fruit of the Spirit, and we thank God for it, and the blessings that are, are there that we're able to receive. You go to the end of, of uh, chapter 13, now abideth faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these, charity, or love, and uh, that is the greatest. Put John 3, 16 up, and I'll, I'll show you something un unique that I saw in uh, one of the books I read. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, so let me go through step by step here. God, the greatest giver. So loved, the greatest motive. The world, the greatest need. That he gave, the greatest act. His only son, the greatest gift. That whosoever the greatest invitation, believes in him, the greatest opportunity, should not perish, the greatest deliverance, 
but have eternal life, the greatest joy. Thank God that he knows how to love in the greatest manner beyond anything. Praise God. And it's our privilege to experience that. Our privilege to live that day by day. Thank God. And he wants to apply that in our lives and to show what he is able to do. And uh, thank the Lord that we're able to experience it and know how powerful it is in his resurrection. Now, the resurrection is incredible power. Um, the Lord raised the 12-year-old girl. He raised uh, the young man uh, to back to his widowed mother. And he raised uh, Lazarus back to his uh, two sisters, Mary and Martha. Uh, the Bible has some amazing stories. But the resurrection of the Lord is where we base our hope and where we understand uh, his power, his deliverance, uh, his healing, um, uh, his ability to answer prayer, uh, his, his way of working things out. When we have no clue, we have no answer, we have no way to understand, but God puts it together. Oh, it's incredible. It's amazing. And it's our privilege to see that and to experience it. And those of us who have served God for, uh, for a while, um, we know it works. It absolutely works. God comes through, and we put our trust in him. Praise God. Because he overcame death. He overcame hell and the grave. He was victorious over it all. And uh, the one who tries to work against you, uh, the, the enemy of your soul, the devil, Satan, uh, the dragon, whatever you want to call him, a lion, uh, roaring, seeking whom he may devour, the various descriptions of him, uh, deceiver, and so on. Uh, he wants to drag you down, but the Lord wants to lift you up. And so that strength is what he wants to impart to you. So when he says uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, all, all of those things, praise God. We're going to make sure we hold on to that love, first love, because that's where the strength and blessing and direction God wants to give. Amen. And so, um, that, that first love, that first focus, uh, the first strength and energy that we put into it that's where God wants us to live and um, and yet his love continues to grow and increase and uh, be strengthened as we allow him uh, to work in our lives God's love working in you God's love working through you uh, it's just amazing Philippians 2 and 13 Philippians 2 13 there's a um, a direction that God wants to uh, show us in his, in his word. God working in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. What he thinks is right. What he thinks is good. What he knows is going to work out for your favor. 
That's God working in you and working through you. Praise God. And his power and his blessing are amazing. Now, we, uh, we looked at the end of Romans 8. Let me just tell you about Romans 8 a little bit. And, and, but first, we'll contrast it with Romans 7. Romans 7, uh, Paul talks about him being a miserable man. He wants to do good, but he can't. He ends up doing wrong. The wrong he wants to avoid, he doesn't have strength to avoid it. He ends up doing it anyway. And uh, he uses the pronoun I 34 times in Romans 7. I, 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 I. All the problems, all the difficulties, all the weakness, all the mistakes, all the failures, I. And then he transitions in the next chapter, Romans 8, where we read at the end, nothing's going to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, no matter what circumstance, no matter what disaster, no matter what force comes against you, you are not going to be separated. Praise God. And the reason is, spirit becomes the emphasis. Not I. I is, is crucified. <laughs> it, it's, it's repented. It, it's, it's put away uh, to where spirit becomes the emphasis. That's the life. That's the power. That's the strength. Praise God. And so we emphasize spirit and we deny self. That's, that's what God wants us to do. We experience even greater power and even greater blessing than we might um, through our own thinking, our own ingenuity, our own uh, ideas. Uh, Romans 8 has some really incredible things in it. Uh, verse 11, let, let's take a look at verse 11 because I, I started talking about resurrection power. Think about that. It's not Easter. We celebrate that on Easter, but let's, let's just give a preview here of how fantastic resurrection is. He, he prayed on, on, on the cross. Um, he was focused on others, even though he was in excruciating pain. Um, and, and the shortness of breath um, is really what kills. It's asphyxiation. You're, you're suffocating. Uh, your body is hanging, and your arms are stretched out on the cross, and your body sags, and the muscles pull against your chest. You can't inhale uh, a full breath. And so uh, that's why they broke their legs, uh, the thieves on each side of the Lord. He was already dead, but the, the thieves on each side, they break their legs so they can't stand up to inhale. And uh, th their legs are broken, they sag, their arms pull, their diaphragm tight, they can't inhale, they slowly suffocate. It's horrible. The Romans perfected that cruel punishment and Jesus uh, already died he said into thy hands I commend my spirit and then he said it is finished he wasn't just talking about his life he wasn't talking about his ministry when he said it is finished he was talking about 
the payment for salvation. The blood that came from his hands and his feet and his side when they jammed that spear up into him. See, he was talking about the price being paid for our salvation. And, and thank the Lord, he willing, it was love that kept him there, not the nails. It was love. That little boy was right. He said he could have said magic words and the nails could have fallen off. But no, it was love that kept him there. That love is what changes us, is what reaches into our minds and into our hearts and brings about a desire for repentance. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Lord, change me. Help me to do right. Help me not to make those mistakes. Help me not to go back to those addictions. Help me, Lord, and, and, and change me. Make me a better person. And the Lord delights in answering that because that's what he paid for on the cross. Praise God. And so, Romans 8, 11 lets us know the power of that resurrection. The spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the, the dead can dwell in you. That's when we receive the spirit. And we speak in a language we don't understand. Why did God choose that? Because it's him showing he dwells within supernaturally powerfully praise God his spirit dwells in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you it's in you Praise God. So the more, uh, the more you have of, of his spirit, let's go to uh, Romans 5.5. 5. Uh, uh, boy, our time's going fast. Romans 5.5, 5. Th this is God's love being displayed within us. And, and we understand then that hope is what we build our, ourselves on. We, we hope for this. We hope for that. We hope it's going to work out. I hope I get the job. I hope... Uh, you know, just all kinds of things that we hope for. And we hope in the Lord because the love of God is shed. And, and you look at other translations and it says poured out. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. It was poured out. It was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Praise God. So that kind of power, that kind of blessing is what we can expect God to operate in our lives. Praise God. And we don't continue in sinful desires. We don't continue in lifestyles that are not pleasing to him. Uh, it was sin that nailed him there. And uh, so we're going to avoid sin. We're going to avoid uh, the things that uh, the Lord would not be pleased with. And uh, we're going to follow uh, after the Lord. And... Uh, thankfully, uh, let's go to uh, 8.26. This is the love of God in operation again. And uh, Romans 8.26 <clears throat> helps us to understand <clears throat> the Spirit helps our infirmities, the weaknesses that we have, the problems that we have, the, uh, the situations that we face that we have 
no idea how uh, we're going to get around it. And, uh, and then our prayer time. Sometimes we don't even know what to pray. They're just so fouled up. But the Spirit steps in to help. Praise God. And I thank the Lord that we have help in our infirmities. We have help with our prayers. And uh, we have help in, in our lives. In, in the reality of what God is able to do. And I thank the Lord that we're able to choose his love. Because choosing his love will make you both loving and lovable. Because the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Let's stand. <clears throat> if we, um, man, if, if we had to uh, just do everything on our own, if we had to follow through on our own abilities, uh, we would just, we'd be able to make it to some degree, but um, we wouldn't be able to reach the goal. It'd kind of be like going down to Homer and saying, okay, here's what you got to do. We're, uh, we're, we're all here in Homer, and you all have to swim to Hawaii. Everybody. If you can't make it, too bad. But that's what you got to do. You're going to swim to Hawaii. You know, some could make it uh, 100 yards. Some could make it a mile. Some could make it 20 miles. I don't know. But nobody's going to make it to Hawaii. Some can do better than others, but nobody even comes close. That's the way it is with you trying to be good on your own. You trying to make it on your own and ignore God's word and ignore God's spirit and ignore the, the, the opportunities to pray. You're just not going to make it. So why not go God's way? Why not obey his word? Why not follow through? Praise God. And the scripture tells us that. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Not just these three ladies, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's an amazing promise. In fact, Peter goes on to say, The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Praise God. That, that opens it up to everybody. And oh my, thank God for it. Amen. And, and the exciting thing is it just keeps going. It just keeps, it doesn't get old. It doesn't uh, get stale. It doesn't, uh, you know, fail. No, uh, as we keep praying, we keep seeking, we keep desiring, God just keeps showing himself more powerful. He just keeps showing himself more real. Praise God. And it just keeps working better and better. And we stop and look back and say, oh, man, I didn't know how I was going to get out of that mess. I didn't know how I was going to live through that. But God. Huh. But God. Oh, my. I'm so thankful that's who we look to. That's who we call upon. That's who we love. Amen. Let's come and gather in here for a few minutes.
before we were dismissed and make our way home. Let's let's come and and uh, just spend a few minutes in prayer here right now. Praise God.